it seems like not a lot has happened since the last Sunday no huddle, but I'm going to take some time to reflect and look ahead. Andy Olson joined by Robert Rosendahl from IlliniBoard.com. Now, Robert, how was your bye week? Taking some time to relax, recharge? Yes, yes, taking a set. It's, I mean, the, the strange thing is only one Saturday football game for Illinois. Yeah. September. You know, they had a Friday night game, Labor Day weekend. Then they have a Saturday game, then a bye week Thursday, you know, and then an off Saturday. So I don't know what to do with my Saturdays <laughs> in September if there's no if there's no football game. I don't know how that should works. should get busier in October, I'd say. There, yes. There's quite a few coming up. But yes. this is one of Illinois' two bye weeks this season. After playing in week zero, it comes at a pretty good time right before a Thursday night game, which means you get somewhat balanced days off in between. You're not, you don't have that short week going into a Thursday. So we'll start with the news that has happened in the week since the most recent game. It did come out that Ezekiel Holmes outside linebacker lost for the season. Uh, he will not be playing any more games this year. It looks like it could be a bigger role for true freshman Gabe Agus to step into after a breakout game that he had against Virginia. Two sacks in that one. And from what he's shown in the first three games, he could be one to really the only true freshman I think this year to take on a role like that in the starting lineup. Definitely. And, you know, it's it's an interesting contrast to, say, the 2017 season, mm -hmm. which was Lovey's second year, um, because Lovey brought in his first recruiting class, and 15 of those guys started at least one game. They, they just basically turned completely to the freshmen. So, you know, this is kind of what we saw that year in 2017. I mean, I remember the Western Kentucky game that year, the, the two starting defensive ends were Bobby Roundtree and, and Isaiah Gay, two true freshmen. It was just commonplace that year that, you know, if there was an opening true freshman here, like you said, Akis might be the only one who is, you know, moving into a starting role, which is, you know, maybe a little bit rare for a, a coach bringing in his second class. He likes to get to those guys as, as soon as he can. So um, I think Alec Bryant, if he's healthy, will yeah. also be a piece there. You know, he, he's a third-year guy. Went one year at Virginia Tech and then redshirted here last year. And so I think he, they'll lean on him a little bit. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, it's it's interesting to take a guy who they discovered later in the class in, in Akis and say, hey, you're the guy and let's, let's go get more of those sacks. You mentioned that 2017 season where all those true freshmen thrown out of the field. You know what it looks like when a guy is ready for that moment. Bryant is going to have some snaps, but – Akis is going to get a, a, a lot as well. Do you think from what you've seen through the first three games, he gives off that vibe of being ready for that moment? I think so. I mean, they, he has the body for it. Like, that's, that's the biggest thing is you have to have the frame, the muscular structure to be able to take on an offensive tackle, to be able to hold the edge on a rushing play. Um, you know, I remember one of the first uh, press conferences that Brett Bielma did this fall or at fall camp in, in August uh, – where he was talking about uh, Akis and Henry Boyer go against each other in practice. And, and just made a side comment of, like, I think those guys are going to play a lot this year. And he talked about at the time, like, both of them are ready. Like, they are – they're physically ready. Some guys just aren't there yet. So, yeah, I think he's ready. Now, there's a whole big difference between him getting two sacks, uh, you know, against – Virginia, who has had a patchwork offensive line and has struggled to put something, again, today struggled on offense. Um, but there's a big difference between that and, let's say, you know, Michigan when they go up to Michigan or even Minnesota and Iowa. That's a whole different thing for a freshman to be ready for. So it's, uh, he's got a, a big task ahead.
All right, we're talking about the defense as a whole. We mentioned this is almost like a period of review. You get three games down, 25% of the season done. Illinois has gone big win against Wyoming, close loss to Indiana, big win against Virginia. In that time, the defense as a whole, only two touchdowns allowed. What have you made about what Ryan Walters has been able to continue with that momentum on the defensive side of the ball into 2022? Yeah, I think, you know, I still hesitate of, you know, if if the Virginia Old Dominion score was 16 to 14, that probably means Virginia doesn't have the greatest offense. They're really struggling on the offensive line. So there's still information coming in telling us, you know, maybe let's let's tap the brakes a little bit on, you know, holding Virginia without a touchdown because Old Dominion at Virginia held them to only one touchdown and Virginia needed a field goal with two seconds left to win it. Anyway, the, you know, as this information comes in, there's also other things of Wyoming just beat a very good Air Force team that have been dominating people and people were saying they should be ranked. So, you know, maybe Wyoming was a little better win. You know, Indiana's 3-0. and There's all these – there's more information coming in. I think overall, from what we've seen in the Big Ten West, what Illinois has put together on defense is up there with, you know, some of the best performances. Obviously, Minnesota is undefeated, but they have played three teams that Nebraska would be undefeated if they had played Minnesota's schedule. So, you know, as we begin to learn more, we're going we're gonna to get into, you know, learning some things about, about all these teams. Man, I like that you brought up the Big Ten West. Let's just dive right into that while we're talking about it. It seems like it's wide open this year. I mean, Wisconsin had that game at home against Wazoo that they lost. Northwestern just lost to Southern Illinois at home. You mentioned that Minnesota has that undefeated schedule, but they haven't really been tested yet. It's wide open. It seems like almost there's no game on that side of the conference where you look at it and say Illinois shouldn't have a chance in that one. Yeah, that's the interesting thing because, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the teams that have that have been really solid, you know, that were expected to be at the top, have, have really struggled. I mean, Iowa's going to have a great defense, but of all these offensive questions, Northwestern was supposed to bounce back this year and. I mean, so far they might be worse <laughs> and and you know even Purdue struggling losing at Syracuse and you know they have two losses now and Nebraska looks like I mean after this Oklahoma game it looks like they've just kind of checked out for the season so you look at that game differently so yeah it's very very interesting suddenly that Minnesota game on homecoming looks like a really big deal for Illinois if they can do something now Every Illinois fan, as they hears me saying this, thinks the same thing of like, I have looked ahead to those games before, and then a Chattanooga comes in and shocks Illinois. So, you know, no one ever wants to look past the next game because, look, this is a ranked, you know, FCS-ranked Chattanooga team, and, you know, they have a good defense, and Illinois has had some offensive struggles so far. So, you know, there's, there's a... Uh, you know, I think in the building, it doesn't matter what his fans say, but in the building, they have a very one game at a time. We're not looking past anybody. Sure, but that's why they have us, so that we that's can look right. past that. Right. But you bring up the offense as well, so let's now go into that. Turnovers have really, I feel like, been the main theme of what you can take away from what the offense has been through three games. What do you make of that? Because in moments where they needed the offense, they have made plays. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, you look at a game like Indiana where you just needed that one. And we can talk about the play calling, the execution, whatever it is in that case. It didn't get it done. Yeah. Uh, what is your review of the, the offense through three games? Yeah, I think you're right that finishing drives is the whole thing. I mean, look at the second half of the Indiana game. Throw an interception to the five-yard line. Have first and goal from the sixth on a different drive, and you don't punch it in. You get zero points out of that. 
Um, you know, the Virginia game, you have you get to the one yard line and Pat Bryant fumbles. You know, the the, the completion of these drives, I'm sure, is what the staff has been on the offense about. You know, during this bye week, because there's, you know, they've left so many points on the table. Uh, they've lost a lot of fumbles. You know, fumble three times in this game and lose all three. They're not falling on fumbles when they happen. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to clean up there. Um, the good news is. Those are kind of the fixable things. If they were getting them 82 rushing yards a game and just weren't able to move the ball, that's hard to fix and just say, okay, let's we're going to rush for 300 this game. Um, so it's a lot easier to fix. Hey, we're going to take care of the ball. Hey, we're going to finish the drive. We're going to get points when we get in the red zone. It's a lot easier to fix if you are moving a ball. And if you have a tailback like Chase Brown, you have a wide receiver like Isaiah Williams, you have weapons there to make it work. All right, talking about looking ahead now. Uh, has your expectation for this season changed at all after what you've seen through 25% of the year? I would say definitely. Uh, I, I would say I did not expect, you know, I'm, I went through it last week on this. You know, I did not expect the defense to lose. I mean, look, Rod Perry is going to start for the Browns this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there, there are NFL players on that defense. So they lost Owen Carney, Rod Perry. Isaiah Gay, Jake Hansen, Kalen Tolson, Tony Adams, and Kirby Joseph to take all those playmakers out, put them back in, and the defense looks almost a little better. That's crazy impressive. And so because of that, because, and again, there's, <laughs> you know, look, is it just Virginia and Wyoming and Indiana's offenses are really bad? We don't know. We'll learn more and we'll learn more. But if that's the case, if the defense has gotten better, it's crazy impressive for this staff. Yeah, and we say all this knowing that, of course, we can't, predict precisely the outcome of the season, but we can right. only go off of what we've seen so far through three games for this Illini team. So that's what we'll do. Yep. Speaking of looking ahead, Chase Brown has had such an incredible year. What do you think is still in store for him? Is it Heisman? Now, that, now that's really out there, but can he keep this up, do you think, and put together one of the better rushing seasons that an Illinois back has had in recent memory? Uh, I think definitely. Um, I think, you know, every stat around his rushing stats has been impressive of yards after contact, of breaking tackles, of, you know, it's, it's not just that he's getting all these rushing yards because Illinois is feeding him a lot. It's some of these games where the stats say of how many yards after contact he had. It could be one of those, like, another tailback would have had 77 yards. He had 163, you know. It's that type of performance where, where the other tailbacks are going down, he's spinning out of it and getting more yards. So that's the thing that's sustainable. Uh, again, you know, same thing. If, if it was Iowa's offense and the tailback is hitting the backfield every play by three linebackers defense descending on him, there's nothing they can do to fix that. Um, but if Chase Brown is able to, you know, turn seven-yard gains into 32-yard gains and he's able to do that consistently, then, then yeah, he's going to put up a very, very big year. So you mentioned the Heisman, and, yes, we joke <laughs> about it, and no Illinois tailback's going to win the Heisman. However, we've seen Iowa State tailbacks make yeah. it to, uh, to New York City and, and be finished fourth or whatever they do. You know, if, if someone puts up an 1,800-yard season or something like that, the Heisman committee will recognize that, especially if, if, the, if the team has that. Now, 
again, we're way early. Chase has had some injury issues in the past. We don't want to, like, project anything. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, again, game to game and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, what he's been able to do and the way he's putting up these numbers has been crazy. Impressive. We'll say, if that happens, start building the statue now. That's right. Because that would be an incredible season. All right, quickly now on Chattanooga, before we go, expectations and what do you want Illinois to do to make sure they get it done against an FCS team? Okay, before I answer that question, I just had this thought pop yeah. in my head, Andy. The Illinois-Texas game basketball is in New York City on December 6th. That's right, yeah. Is the Heisman ceremony that weekend? Because I might need to extend my hotel. <laughs> it could be. All right, we'll, we'll start making fun. No, I think it might be the following. No. Weekend. It might be the second. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we see. can get him to change. All right, I'm going to check into my hotel. That's this, right. Because obviously Chase Brown's going to be there, as we just said. Uh, exactly. 100%. Okay. Uh, Chattanooga coming in this weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I look at different stats and things like that, and Chattanooga so far has had a very good defense and a really struggling offense. So, you know, you can go back and forth of whether that's a good matchup for Illinois. Do you want to play a team that – you know, Illinois has a really good defense. If they're playing the 100-ranked offense from FCS, they should be able to completely shut them down. But, you know, would you rather play a team that has a better offense and your defense shuts them down, and then you're playing a poor defense and you can get your offense on track? So it's an interesting matchup. Again, anytime FCS and they're only bringing, you know, 50-some players, and you'll notice it on the sideline, Illinois has 100-some dressed over here, and Chattanooga will look like they have – well, literally half the players over there. Um, so it, it, it's something that you should be able to obviously uh, dominate since they're a, a lower-tier program. But we've seen it before. Illinois trailed Youngstown State in the fourth quarter in 2014 when, when they should have dominated. You know, SIU came in and came very close to beating just like they did to Northwestern this weekend. So, um, you know, can't look past it. I know the team is starting to think, like, if Wisconsin vulnerable, we could make a huge statement on October 1st, but got to win this one first. They got to get through this one first. The FCS teams, nothing to just glance over. They definitely need the full attention as well. And soon, Robert, we'll get you back on those Saturdays with Illinois. Should be pretty consistent after this Thursday game against Chattanooga. That's right. I know that you'll like that. Yes, I will. All right, Robert. He's at alanetboard.com. Thanks so much again for joining us on the Sunday No Huddle, and we will see you next weekend. All right, thanks.